Welcome into another edition of Meet Me Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta at C70 on the Twitters. With me, as always, Alan Medlock, a Medlock one over there. It's Saturday. It's a winning week for the Cardinals, which was nice. It's also, Alan, I, I think you've had the same thing as I the last, maybe the last day, or at least looking forward. It actually looks like fall's coming. Uh, yeah, potentially. We have, uh, it's uh, after this last really rough week. We have some cool weather coming next week. High of 80s all throughout the week, but it's supposed to rain as well. So, but yeah, no, it's welcome. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. We hit, I think we hit 104 one day this week and that was just, yeah, it's been really long yeah. for September, but stepped out with the dogs this morning and I was like, okay, this maybe, maybe this fall is coming. And usually, you know, we're talking, we're excited about the fall because you're looking at the postseason and all that stuff. Obviously that's not going to happen this year, but we're got some optimism i don't want to say optimism it seems like you're i don't know it's not quite the right word just maybe just being happy about sure. the cardinals this week they win two or three against the braves they win last night against the the reds um they won sunday against the pirates so there's like since we've recorded four wins and there's not been a whole lot of times we could say that no absolutely not and then it's one of those where you naturally think that you're going to go in and be the whipping boy in in atlanta and, and play pretty well and and uh, it they play and hit extremely well. Kind of see what uh, this mm-hmm. offense uh, could be. Now you know those are the those are the buzzwords as well that uh, people don't want to hear when they're looking for change. But you know that yeah, I mean they, they put up a lot of runs against a good team and, and Strider, who I think is an extremely good starter. Yeah, I think it was pretty reasonable to expect the Cardinals not to do well there. I mean, maybe maybe to hit all right, but that lineup is so good, and they were facing some good pitchers, and they just came out and really kind of smashed their way through that. Now, of course, they lost the last game because Adam Wainwright was pitching, and that's yeah. the way that goes now. Um, but, yeah, I think it was really – I mean, you know, I don't know what the new ballpark there in Atlanta as reputation is, you know, you remember the old, you know, the old ball oh, yeah. launching pad and everybody was hitting home runs, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, for this team to go in and obviously it's a team with power, but to go in and have back-to-back days where they hit four home runs uh, against a, you know, a really good, a good staff um, that does get you a little bit excited. Now there's no guarantee how many of those people are going to be around next year, yeah. depending on stuff, but you know, it's it's not because if they're not around next year, it's not because they've moved on in anything but a trade. They're young and they're they're talented, and we're starting to see some development. I know I'm sure every you know the podcasts I've been listening to, the messages you see on Twitter, everybody's kind of really getting excited about the fact that Jordan Walker f- seems to have made some adjustments and really starting to develop into that player we thought he was going to be. Yeah, that's I think that's the most exciting. Um, aspect of how this finishes out of uh, the playing the the and the growth and you can kind of see it and I think you can kind of see it offensively and defensively a little bit which is you know on the offensive side you kind of felt like it was just a matter of time you know it uh, that those numbers were going to tra- translate it at some point you wanted to know if it was going to be you know productivity or superstar productivity um, then on the defensive side he actually looks fairly athletic out there and, you know, with the arm, you're thinking, well, this looks like this may be a fit to where there's a lot of optimism for next year. Um, yeah, that's that's what's been nice about it. I like to see the win home run, you know, one mm-hmm. of those. I mean, there's I hope that people are going to be as patient with him or be patient with him and just and, and see kind of what the benefits of how the patience paid off with Gorman and Walker a little bit and. And I don't know. I mean, it's going to uh, – it's exciting right now to watch the young guys. And it's kind of how you and I talked about it. We were afraid that they were going to be up and not play much. But, that boy, they they played. And that's I, – I, I give credit to the Cardinals for that. 
Yeah, yeah, they have. Um, since August 1st, Jordan Walker's 288, 355, 523 on the slash line. He's got six homers, six doubles. And like you said, he's he's making plays in the outfield that, you know, maybe aren't as dramatic, don't need to be as dramatic or whatever the case may be, but he's making them. And that's a lot different than what we were seeing earlier in yeah. the year where he was struggling on anything out there. And I think that just, it goes to show what his athletic ability is. I mean, to learn that basically in the major leagues, he's only had a, what, you know, two months of the minor league outfield work uh, is pretty impressive. And I just, I mean, sky's the limit for this guy, right? I mean, I know we thought going into the year that he was going to be rookie of the year candidate and he's not going to win it, but he's still going to be in that conversation probably. Sure. Yeah. Which is, which is crazy considering what, how things went, you know, Mm -hmm. in the beginning and the call in the, the send down and then the call back up. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. He's got a, a one sixteen OPS plus, which means he's 16% over average. And again, a guy that's just, you know, turned 21 earlier this year. Um, you know, you got the, all that buzz about Ellie de, de la Cruz when he came up and he's only at a 92, right? I yeah. mean, uh, you know, I, I hope that, and I think that, I think the voters will notice that. I think maybe the buzz around, Taylor Cruz might have pushed him past Walker, at least for to begin with. But, um, you know, I think Walker's going to finish higher than that. It's going to be – I think that's going to be interesting to see where he does finish in that race. I mean, Corbin Carroll's going to win it, I know. And, you know, the Reds have a lot of, of young, good young guys. But, I mean, Jordan Walker's going to be in that conversation at least somewhat. And you're right. This time in June, we were like, uh, I mean, it's okay. But, you know, is this really – was this really the right idea? And and now we're kind of seeing that yes, it was. Yeah, it's um, it's exciting. With, with, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, that's the uh, the potential for what the lineup could be is really, really nice. And with the uh, caveat being, we don't know who's all going to be in it next year. You know, right? The, I mean, right. We know they're going to be able to score runs, or we think they'll be able to score runs next year. But can they stop teams from scoring runs? And that's what you and I have been, been <laughs> and the whole fan base have been talking about for three months. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, and the, again, if, if the, if the offenses take a hit, it's because they've had to go out yeah. and, and get that Great pitching point. stuff. Um, yeah. And even then though, you're right. This lineup is stacked enough that if you take a, well, I mean, you know, look what they're doing right now and you don't even have Brenda Donovan, right? Yeah. Um, you don't have, you have, you know, new bars back, um, but he's been out a lot. You know, if you traded a Nolan Gorman, which I don't know that the Cardinals want to or will or anything of that nature, but if you did that, I mean, yeah, you're losing a a big chunk of power, but it also feels like it's something that you can work around, right? As Walker develops, as Wynn develops, as you hope Newt Barr is is more, is healthier. Um, You know, if you had to lose that at you could i don't again i'm not advocating necessarily that but i also i also don't know how the cardinals get back quality pitching without probably moving him right i I mean yeah donovan's an asset as well but i don't know if he gets you the same thing as a power hitting you know 30 home run second baseman that's 23 yeah no that that's what it feels like to me as well i mean if if they're going to go get the type of player that we think that they're going to need, being a front line guy, it's going to it's going to hurt a little bit. Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever move they make, and it's it's one of those where I hate to say this because he's so young and with the power potential, but the position flexibility probably isn't isn't. I don't know. If, I I feel like. It's weird to like I said. It's weird to say with well, a guy that's hitting the hitting you know mid twenty home runs going to push thirty that you feel like there may not be a spot for him if if that makes any sense at all because mm-hmm. I feel like you you have now with Win up and with Edmund and with Donovan you're going to have guys that can play those positions and be productive still and uh, you know that you need the caliber of arm that you need. Um, it seems like that would be the it seems like that would be the route that they would go. And that's, it's kind of scary to think because you know, when he gets traded, he'll hit 40 home runs. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the offense will somehow sputter or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, and they just, do that. I mean, that's the, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, you're right. This is, we've talked about it. Talked about it. Talked about it. It's, it's going to hurt whatever they do. 
uh, to get that pitching, but they're going to have to do it. I think we're we, you know, we've seen that more and more. We saw a good outing from Miles Michaelis this week, but you know it still feels pretty. I mean, I think Hawkman wrote an article this week about it, but it really feels like if if he's your if he's your three, you may be struggling. Um, if he's anything higher than three, you're in trouble. Um, yeah. and you'd really like him to be your four next year. Um, and then Matt's could be your five or maybe Thompson. Thompson has pitched really well and sure. can be an interesting discussion in this off season. As the Cardinals have already said, they're going to try to bring in three, what that's going to look like. Um, but you know, I, I think it, you've, you can only sign so many in the free agent market. Even if you're trying to be more aggressive than you were, you're going to have to trade for at least one of those guys. And you know, that doesn't come cheap. I agree. Come on. And that's, yeah, it, it, it just feels inevitable. Um, and I, and I don't know why, but, uh, but, but to get the caliber they're going to need, it's, it's, that's exactly what it's going to take. If they, if they can pull something off without, without losing a Gorman or a Walker, and bring in the caliber that we think that they're going to bring in that, that will be a steal and, and Mo would need to be patted on the back. Yeah. I would say the only way that they could do, I would think the only way they could do that is that they brought in a guy that's about to be a free agent. Right. Yeah. But then, then you're still going to have to give up because you're talking about, if you're talking about a guy that can be a number two, that's young, that maybe just about to hit free agency for the first time, um, that's still going to cost. Um, that may, may not cost you Gorman, but it's still going to cost, and it's going to cost on a guy that you don't necessarily know you're going to have for a length of time, which is not something the Cardinals like to do either. Yeah. Um, but we've, we've also, I mean, I continue to say, and I, I think it's very difficult for us as fans to, to believe this and it's, which is fair. I'm not arguing that, but I, the Cardinals are going to have to act differently than they ever have before this off season, one way or another, whether it's trading guys, they don't want to trade, whether it's signing people to bigger contracts than they'd like to spend, um, you know, maybe probably both. Um, yeah. But I also feel like they know that going in and, and they're prepared to do that. No, agreed. And you know what? I feel like the, uh, there have been enough, uh, <clears throat> enough appearances by Mo to, to, mm-hmm. to point to without, without admitting that the model isn't necessarily, it's sustainable that they're going to have right. to change a little bit. And that's the things that we, that's stuff that we've been talking about for years of there's going to be a time where you're going to have to lose this trade, or there's going to be times when you're going to have to pay more than you think, you know, the, the antiquated mm-hmm. idea of, you know, when Pujols asked for the money he did, and you and I both were in agreement that they made the right move on that. But, you know, Pujols asked for the money that he did and, and they were like, and and made the comment of, you know, we will never do that. Well, I mean, that those days are long gone. I mean, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to, you're gonna to have to uh, you're gonna to have to to take a loss on some of these things, and you're gonna to have to take a gamble, or this is this is what's gonna to happen to you, and it's it's scary, and you know the the game is kind of caught up with the Cardinals; they're gonna to have to change some things. Yeah, and I do wonder to some degree. I think obviously a lot of it is ownership, financial, and the idea that the the system was working. I think that's the biggest thing: the fact that they were continuing to put out you know winning teams with what sure. they were doing. But I also wonder if there's just not a little bit of fear factor in there of when you look at, look at some of the contracts that they've signed, look at some of the trades that they've made and they've not done well on them. And you wonder if there's a little bit of concern of if we make a trade for a, or we sign a guy to the biggest contract we've ever signed, you know, this, and this goes wrong, we're going to be bad for, years you know instead yeah. of you know you, if you go bad on a brett cecil contract it's not great and you have to work around it but if you go bad on a oh, i mean shohei otani type contract i know that's that's exaggeration but you know if you did that if you had signed shohei otani to the contract you thought he was going to get this off season and then found out he was going to need tommy john you know that you that a cardinal that's a mistake the cardinals feel like they couldn't come back from. Um, sure. And I, I wonder if there's just a little bit of hesitancy, a little bit of uh, a fear factor there that, that they, they know what they need to do, but they're not a hundred percent confident they can do it. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, you know, the, the teams on the coast, a lot of times can make those, uh, I mean, you, you call it all, you talk about it all the time. You, uh, those teams can, can overcome a mistake because they have the money to overcome a mistake. 
Right. And I'm not certain that the, I, and you know, outside perspective seems to think that the Cardinals do, but the Cardinals don't spin like they do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's some truth to that. And, um, and I'm sure there's, there's hesitancy to it. And, and, and I would be nervous about those. I mean, there, yeah. there was a, there was a, a part of maybe May or June where you didn't necessarily know that they were out of the race where I felt like Mo kind of had that grin on of, Hey, we looked for, I had every guy that, that the guys that we talked to are hurt right mm-hmm. now. That's why yeah. we didn't sign him and we're glad we didn't. But yeah. ultimately, you know, that's, that's the risk that they're going to have to take. Yeah. And they, you know, you know, again, the long-term contracts, you know, cut into flexibility at times, which is kind of how the Cardinals got into the situation they are this year with five starters that they couldn't really do anything with, um, which made it harder to bring in a, a, a newer one. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables, but these guys are, you know, they're, got, they're paid a lot of money to do these kind of deals too. Uh, and, and, you know, the finances are probably better than we think now. Uh, no, they can't be better than some people think because some people think that they actually literally print money. So, um, yeah. but they're still better than they, they let on. Let's put it that way. Um, sure. or, or better than they feel comfortable with. I mean, and that's, yeah. and that's what this is going to take, right? We, you know, it's going to take being uncomfortable, but hopefully being confident in what you do. And that, yeah. you know, we'll see. I don't know how, if, if it's a confidence issue, I don't know how you fix that because, you know, they're not bringing in a new GM or a new president of baseball operations and then making some significant move, right? I mean, these are the guys that are going to be making the move. It's going to be Gersh. It's going to be Flores. It's going to be Mo. Um, it's going to be all these guys in the room. And, you know, I don't know where the the insight comes from to make these kind of moves. Um, I don't know if there's people that can help them, you know, feel a little bit more confident or give them the numbers that make them feel a little confident. I mean, any, any contracts a risk, but yeah, you know, if you look at the underlying numbers and say, this is why this should work, then at least you've got something to fall back on. Uh, I don't know. I, they're going to have to have some of that because they're going to be swimming in some deep waters. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and the competition is going to be out there. So mm-hmm. it, it, I'm, I, and that's what worries, not worries me, but think that Gorman's more, it, I feel like he would be the number one trade candidate as well, because I think that's the route they're going to try to go first. Mm-hmm. And then and I just hope they don't get lost in the shuffle with me saying that where they try to make a big trade early, then try to sign your, your, uh, your, any of your free agent arms. I mean, it, 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 they're going to have to get out of their comfort zone, which I'm excited to see. But, you know, I think there's a lot of, I, I think there's a lot of people that are, are less confident in their ability to do so. Do you think that it works better for them to make that big trade early and hopefully set the tone for, for the free agents, especially that, the Cardinals are back or the Cardinals are trying to, you know, the Cardinals are ready to make big moves. Um, or does it work better to go ahead and try to sign these free agents? And, you know, then you can maybe use a little bit more leverage in the trading market to, you know, not necessarily have to give up, not have to overpay on a trade. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I, yeah. That's, I would like to see that if they would strike early, it should, I don't know if they've ever done that. Um, the, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because you start throwing out some names as far as trades go, and 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 we've talked about some of the free agents that we feel like they're going to be in. You know, like I, I would love to see Nola be brought in. Um, I think that any team is going to love to see him brought in, though, and it's going to be tough. Um, you know the uh, the you know the lefty from San Diego via Tampa, um, drawing a blank. Snell. Snell. Here's another one, you know, to come in and compete. I would be, I would love the idea of trading for glass now and, uh, and seeing how quick that works. I don't know how fast any of those three can get done. Uh, but that makes a lot of sense though, to go out and trade early because they're more, I think that they're more pro trade than they are pro sign and do that quickly and then see what you can do. So, you know, I don't know. 
I, I mean, yeah, I would. I think that. I think if they make it, if they're trying to, to maybe signal to a Nola or a Snell, that things are going to be different. Maybe that helps to get the trade because otherwise, it's like you're kind of signing in on on their on their word that they're going to do something. Which you you know, not that you necessarily doubt that, but it's also you know, it takes two people to make a trade, right? And and you can try and try and try to bring in somebody and just not be able to do it. Um. So I don't know. I I, I think I I wonder how many trades they might already have like. 75% of the work done on, you know, and they got sure. a lot done in the, in the season. And then, you know, yeah. come November, they might not take too long to finish up one. Yeah. Now that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, they, that's been the long-term plan on how they've done it. Um, I'm sure there's probably a lot of um, variations and how those will work. If, you know, let's go here and here for this, this guy, you know, I know you, you never want to bank on injury, but I'm sure they would have to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that may have been the long-term plan and that makes a lot of sense. I do think I'm going to put my, I'm going to put a marker down. I think that I really think the Cardinals are going to get one of the two Japanese pitchers that are coming over either. Um, and I'm not going to say either one of their names right. So it, it, yeah, either no, Manga no, no, no. Or, or Yamamoto. Um, I think I mean, Yamamoto makes a ton of sense for the Cardinals. I know it's going to cost a lot of money, but you know he's 25. Um, Manga might fit. Uh, or Manga is probably more in line with what they're normally. You know, he's a, about a 30 year old, and you know was really good in um, WBC, and um, you know. But I think one of those guys because the Cardinals have gotten pitchers from Asia, not at that level, obviously, but have, have had some markets over there. Um, I feel like that works for them. Well, um, maybe more so than trying to get a no lower snell, especially since most of those guys will have, um, a qualifying offer most likely. Um, so I feel like they're going to get one of these guys. Um, I, I could be wrong, but I, I think they're going to try to, to be a play in that market and then trade for somebody and then, you know, sign a, I don't know if you could sign a, you know, maybe Sonny Gray or something like that. That That's kind of what I would like, would see their off season looking like, but you know, I'm also often, often wrong. <laughs> yeah. They, they do like to, uh, they, they do like to tout that they have very good scouting in those markets. So that, mm-hmm. yeah, I could see where that, I, I could see that honestly. Um, we saw, we've seen better pitching, it feels like over the last little bit, but especially from Zach Thompson, um, you know, Mo has already said they're going to go get three guys. And, and again, we think that we should do that, but you know, that six starter, let's say right now is going to come internally. And it really feels like Zach Thompson has taking over the lead on that even which is remarkable given the what he was doing in memphis yeah yeah he's definitely i feel like he's made the best impression Mm -hmm. because we really didn't know what he was going to be you know they were going back and forth between starter bullpen like they do with just everybody including libertor right now um the uh but no i feel like that, that that he's opened some eyes on that um, I know you and I had talked about it, how there's a lot of names to throw. If they sign three and have Michaelis and uh, Matt's in as your three and four, um, there's going to be some play and how that works. And, and it, it's what I'm interested to see how, you know, they haven't, I can't remember if they did one last year, but had that early November uh, off season review after all their uh, contracts mm-hmm. were up. Right. I would. That'll be. I'll be curious to see how they, how they play it out and what names they say. Hey, we're we're going to stretch them out as a starter because that's always kind of telling. Yeah, I don't. I'd be interesting because they have so many now. Again, if you're assuming that they're going to go out and kind of rebuild the rotation on the out, outside, but you've got Thompson, you've got Levertor who's come back up and now is is spending some time in the bullpen to finish the year out. Uh, we've seen Drew Rom pitch two or three times now, and and while he may not be completely ready, he's still going to be in that mix as well. Um, you have the guys that they got 
this last year yeah, at the trade deadline. I mean, you know, um, Robase and uh, Kloffenstein and, um, you know, guys like that. You still have Graceffo and McGreevy that are possibly in that mix. You know, Takoa Roby is probably not too far away. He's not going to be there for spring training. But, I mean, you're looking at a good possibility of maybe eight to ten guys for that one spot. And that's that's where they need to be, right? I mean, they need yeah. that kind of depth. Um, but it does make for an interesting, you know, spring training and see who, you know, what kind of what that pecking order looks like. Yeah, and that I feel like the lack of depth is what really ate them up this year the most. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, poor performance and then no one to uh, back that up. I mean, you move you move mats and you get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, that should be one of those situations where you get a reset and you come back to him. You know, it's uh, it, yeah, I feel like you're just going to have to bring in as much pitching as possible and figure it out. If the Cardinals only bring in two, is that a is that a problem for you, or do you think they can manage it? Depending on what the two are, I guess. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. I mean, I feel like two is probably going to be the max regardless. I know, you know, you and I have talked about that. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of the signals that three are going to be big, but I could see it being any of the, you know, the, uh, the, the Far East guys or the free agents that we talked about or a glass now, or some of the trade candidates that we're not even necessarily aware of right now that could be available Two of those. And you bring in the other swing man and figure mm-hmm. it out. You know what I mean? It's one of those to where you bring in now, look, I, I ultimately feel like Michaelis has worked out for him, but if they sign someone, you know, similar to a Michaelis, we're going to think, eh, I mean, is that going to work out? That could, you know what I'm saying? I can see somebody comparable to that, hoping to catch the upside. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's very rare, as we've talked about, for Mo to come out and say, this is what we're going to do, or, the, you know, specifics, right? You know, a lot of times it's we'll do what helps the team, or, you know, we got to go get a catcher, which is what they did, you know, last year. Um, you know, if they do say stuff the specific, they tend to do it. So it's it's odd to hear him say we need three starters versus we need to get more starters or something like that. You know, be a little less specific about it. So if they don't get three, I think, you know, he opens himself up to a little bit of a flashback. Or sure. Um, yeah. Backlash. What's the word I was looking for? Um, <laughs> yeah. All those other ones didn't right work. Um but I do think that if he gets, you know, a Yamamoto and then gets a, another a number two in a trade, you know, if you're, if you get a number one and a number two, I think you can be forgiven for not getting the number three uh, with the arms that they have. Um, I, it, you're going to be better if you get the number three. Yeah. But I think if you get a number one and a number two, this team is already back in contention. Um, even if you have to give up a Gorman, this offense is good enough. Uh, and then if you pair it with that kind of pitching and, and there's going to have to be some bullpen work probably done as well, but yeah, well, um, yeah, I think we overlooked that a little bit, uh, yeah. but, but no, go ahead. I didn't, did not mean to step No, on. I mean, I, and I, I want, we'll get back to that in just a second. I just think that, you know, he's going to have, if you play at the top of it with a guy like Thompson, with some other opportunities, in that fifth spot, it's not the worst thing in the world, um, but you're better off otherwise. So yeah, let's talk about the bullpen. What you're right. I think a lot of people just, you know, we're looking at the rotation because that's been the biggest flaw this year and bullpens are kind of volatile anyway, but there's probably some things that need to be done over there too. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the, uh, the blown saves are really bad. Now, the, now we could always say, Helsley didn't start out great, but he hasn't been on the team most of the, most of the year either. Now uh, you have you know you have those bullpen uh, injuries that you always have, and and that's a little bit scary. But I I think there is going to have to be some back of the bullpen help that they're going to have to bring in, and that's always one that well I don't know if they necessarily have to bring it in, but there will need to be bullpen pieces that are signed, not necessarily a closer, but they they are going to have to get better back there. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I. I don't know. I want to, it's something we'll do after the well, season. Let, let me ask you this. Yeah. You, it was a name that was brought up around the deadline. And it's uh, one of those that, um, you know, healthy may have, may have changed how, uh, how they looked at things is, is Helsley more likely to be your 
closer next year, or is he more likely to be with another team in a trade? I think he's more likely to be your closer. I agree. Um, if he had, because of health more than anything, I just, yeah. I don't know that anybody wants to take on that gamble when he's missed most of this year and he's getting, I'd have to look, but he's, he went to arbitration last year. So this, he'll, this will be his second arbitration year, I think. Um, so he's starting to get a little bit more expensive. Um, I not saying that he can't be traded. I just don't know that he's going to be like your focus of anything. Um, and if he'd been healthy all year, I think that would be a little bit closer contest. Yeah. 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 I, I, no, I agree with that. I agree. And it was, it, it was funny. It just, things just took a turn when he blew the opening day, you know, mm-hmm. save. Um, you know, I'm a Hellsley guy regardless and, and, uh, well, hope that it works out here in St. Louis, but, uh, but yeah, I, I'm just kind of curious to see how they do make the remake the bullpen or if they think, Hey, health's going to remake it itself. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those deals. The bullpen's always interesting because you, you, you can find those guys that you fit that you, that you feel can fit those pieces that don't make the, the necessarily necessary, uh, rotation. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so certain that they can't keep a really active starting rotation ready to go in Memphis right now uh, after seeing what's happened this year and what see what's going on throughout baseball where you probably need 10 guys that can start a game. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's the possibility of moving people back and forth, right, starting yeah. in Memphis and then coming up in maybe filling a, a role in the bullpen if necessary. Um, I think that may be where a lot of that bullpen work goes. Cause you don't want them going out and spending a lot of money on, on a bullpen. Right. I mean, that's, you know, there's, that's where they've gotten into trouble in the past. Um, and there are enough arms that you would like to think that you could, you could put something together out of all the arms that they have. Um, I do want, I, I, like I said, I think at this off season, maybe, you know, when October rolls around, maybe we can go buy it line by line, but if you were to guess out of the top 30 players that the Cardinals have right now, I mean, and I mean like the 26 man roster and the four or five guys that have been there that may be hurt or whatever the case may be, how many of those, you know, what percentage of that do you think comes back next year? Oh man. Top 30. Uh, you know, it mine may be higher than, then comfort, but yeah, I mean, I would probably push over 90%. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I I mean, I don't know why I feel that way. I just feel like they're so hesitant to make some moves sometimes. So, well, that's fair. I mean, some of those guys are free agents. Yeah. Only a couple, you know, Wainwright, Verhagen's on the roster. So, you know, there's, you know, I don't think he comes back necessarily. Um, There's some guys that could be non-tendered. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, like Dakota Hudson, what do, you, what do you do with Dakota Hudson? I mean, you know, he's pitched. <laughs> yeah. The numbers say, you know, the, the you know, he's won some games. The ERA is not bad. Underlying numbers don't show that he's any different than he was. He's got another year. The Cardinals don't like to get rid of pitching that they don't have to. Yeah. But, you know, does another year of him, hopefully, you know, mainly in Memphis or in your bullpen, do you any good? I mean, I don't know. I don't know which. I think you go a whole lot of different directions with him. Well, and you know, you and I have had this conversation surprisingly the last two off seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, where we had a show last year where we openly thought he would be non-tendered. Yep. Um, and the uh, and and you're right. I mean, just because they've stayed competitive in some of these some of the games, I don't know if you're going to actually put a lot of faith in that happening. And I can't stand saying that about a guy because I've always kind of liked Hudson, but it's also one of those that you kind of. It's not hard to see that some of this the luck has just gone in his favor a little bit. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 me personally, I'm not. I don't think there's not a lot of value there. I get all that, but I feel like that's it's need. There, there's time for a fresh start from both sides. Yeah, I think you know. I don't. I mean, if you could fool somebody into trading for him, that's great. But I don't. I think baseball teams are smarter than that nowadays. Sure, uh, um, but. 
So yeah, I don't know. I think they wind up keeping him. I know that you and I, you're right. We we talked about him being non-tendered last year. We also, I still remember, we talked about Giovanni Gallegos being non-tendered. He signed that two-year contract yeah, like, yeah. next day well, or something like that. He, so you tell how good we are at this. Well, and the funny thing about that is uh, the minute we were talking about him being traded, I, I was going to flip around and say, now, are we going to be really, are we going to be wrong? And are they getting ready to extend Helsley? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that's very possible uh, that they, they might. And honestly, boy, you know, Gallegos has had a up-and-down year, which is kind of typical for Gallegos. But he did adjust sure. to the – he adjusted to the, the pitch clock better than I expected him to. Um, I thought we'd see a lot more problems there. He seemed to seemed to figure that out a little bit better than I thought. Yeah, yeah. And so much so that we're – it's not even noticeable anymore at this point. Yeah. You know what I mean? That The uh, the idea of the, the new – the new wore off fairly quickly, I thought, with the new with the rules that came in this year, and I, and I was hoping that would be the case. I, I will say, yeah. I mean, I'm still not just. Of course, you know, I haven't watched the games as much this year, but I'm still not necessarily overly enamored with some of them. But I will say that they have not been as obstructive as I thought. I was watching um, Mariners Rays last night a little bit, and a guy got called out uh, because he took the second time out. Um, which was weird, you know, because it had two strikes on him. And so that was an automatic strike and, you know, got called out. There's, there's still incidents like that, but that's, they're, they're not real noticeable. Um, so, um, yeah, the rule changes have not been as bad. I'm still not a huge fan of them, but, um, you know, we know that. We know I'm the old grump, so that's fine. Well, and you know what? I, I have liked the base running and everything like that. I've liked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, uh, the idea of the bigger bases and all those things. I, I, I like the idea that, uh, that, uh, I, I like the idea that stolen bases are back to being, to matter. And, and that, uh, I, you know, what I, I was, yeah. the idea ban- banning the ship didn't bother me. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it'd be interesting. I don't know how much that has impacted things because i mean the offense has been better overall i think in general so i'm sure it has made some impact and we were up in times i do think that may have led and we've you know to, to some of nolan's uh, arenado's issues earlier because he was getting back adjusted to okay i'm not getting to that ball here because i'm over here instead of halfway across to second base or something like that and i think he's kind of readjust it's kind of like what we saw the first year he came in right i mean when he was first came to st louis that first few months he struggled a little bit defensively yeah. and then picked it up it, it just be a new place new trying to figure out everything new and i think that played a role in his struggles at the beginning of this year as well i don't know that he said that but i, I kind of feel like that's part of it just you know you don't have your shortstop in the same spot that he's been or you're not you're you know you're a different spot so um so they haven't been as bad but uh, and, and the stolen bases have been. I, I feel like we've seen a lot more of that, um, and we've seen a lot more out of like Tommy Edmond seems to be. You know what he'll have? He's pretty close to thirty steals now, um, and I don't know if he would have been there without the changes. I mean, he's close. I mean, he's always had good. You know, always yeah. been able to put up some steals. But I, I feel like that has definitely helped a little bit of that. And sure, you know, and and across. Across baseball. And I think even even if it wasn't, even if it's just a mindset, right, of we're going to be more aggressive because the bases are shorter and, you know, you don't have 100 pickoffs and things like that. So we know we can be more aggressive. Um, I think that has helped even if the the rules haven't made that. If the rules weren't that, made that much of an impact and more of a, hey, we're just going to try to steal and some of these steals they would might have been uh, successful in without the rule changes. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, they're they're athletic in spots, and mm-hmm. and and it could make. It, I mean, I like Edmund as, as a player, and I like the fact that now the one of his one of the assets of being able to to steal a bag is is being rewarded. You know, so mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean, I like the I like the idea of of moving and running more. So. So, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's, and I will say, we're talking about Tommy Edmund. We've talked about him. You know, why are we putting him in the outfield? That kind of thing. We have so many outfielders, blah, blah, blah. He's played a really good center field um, from everything I have seen and, and heard. I mean, you know, he saved some 
some runs uh, against Wainwright on um, on Wednesday night or Thursday night. I mean, um, there's just still haven't gotten over the idea of putting him on the outfield, but I do. I do like Edmund as that utility guy. I just don't know that I want to see him starting the same place every day. Unless no. it's, unless it's at yeah. like second base if they move Gorman. Well, and yeah, I wonder I wonder if we don't see um I I, I wonder if we don't see more of a, a Donovan Edmund in the lineup every day at a different position, but one of them at second base every day lineup next year if Gorman's out. I mean I, I can almost see you can you can almost mm-hmm. see you feel that one coming a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's very possible. Um, and they, there's, there's no doubt that the Cardinals really like Edmund. Um, I just, you know, the bat's not. Yeah. Notable. Um, I mean, he gets, he gets hits at the right time. Sometimes there's no doubt about that. Um, but, and, and I just think it's, it's on how you use him. And that's, you know, I don't, I don't know about every day, but yeah, you know, we keep saying that and he keeps doing it too. So I don't, I don't know. We've, yeah. we've talked about Tommy Edmund for two or three years now uh, and he's still out there and he's still producing and still going to be, you know, looking at it. He's got a, he's almost at two uh, uh, war on baseball reference. So, you know, that's still, that's not necessarily like a, an all-star or anything, but it's a, it's a valuable player. Sure. Sure. And I think you've always said it correctly. He means more to the Cardinals than he does to anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we said at the trading deadline, if you can find somebody that wants to give you some value for him, yeah. oh, that's great. But, you know, chances are that's probably not going to happen. So, sure. Uh, and you're more likely to be able to get that for Donovan, who's a similar if better player. Um, you know, you're more likely to be able to get some value there. And maybe that's what you do. Um, I'd hate to think that Donovan's, you know, season uh, last time you see Donovan was, you know, as he's been injured and stuff like that. But um, baseball's a business. We'll, we'll find out and exactly. see how they want to go. So, um, that's about all we have for this current Cardinals run. But it is notable that we're recording this, like I said, we're recording this on the 9th. Um, so that means yesterday was the 25th anniversary of Mark McGuire hitting number 62. Uh, there's been some talk about it this week because, you know, you hit a milestone, you know, uh, 25 years or something. People are going to start talking about it. Um, and how important was that? And, you know, how should we remember that? All that kind of fun stuff after the steroid uh, confirmation uh, that came out a few years, uh, well, probably been about 10 years or so now, you know, in it. Um, Alan, first of all, what do you remember about that summer uh, with McGuire going and Sosa going back and forth? Well, it was just, it was a blast. Mm-hmm. The, um, and you know, there was all of those under, always those undertones of what was going on, but that was baseball in the, in the late nineties. You know, we understand mm-hmm. that. Um, I've always kind of overlooked that because it was just so much fun and, and it was, it was weekly. I mean, I remember all the, uh, they were broadcasting the McGuire games on Fox. I mean, with breakthroughs and all kinds yep. of stuff. And it, it was just, it was a lot of fun to witness. I, I will say that. I mean, I remember, you know, it was basically pre cell phone days where you were trying to track down a way to, if you weren't at home watching it or your buddies calling and whatnot, it was, it, it was awesome. I mean, you tried to get together to watch all the games because the chase was a lot of fun. It was, it was, I mean, you know, I remember, I mean, the competition so- that, I mean, you hear Sosa and McGuire, but I mean, Griffey was in it too. Yeah. Yeah. For a while there he was, uh, until about, until about what? 40, 35, 40. Mm, He was within five or six, you know, he was, he was in that mix and then it took off. Uh, Sosa and McGuire just kind of went back. I wish, I wonder if I still have it at one time, you know, five years ago, I guess I wrote a series of posts that, were um you know talking about each home run as 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 they happened as it were um and i feel like i did a graph um and i'm probably not gonna be able to find it now um that showed you know how griffey went with them and um yep i can't find it 
them. Uh, but it felt like it was, you know, they were all bouncing. In fact, he was ahead of Sosa for a while until Sosa's 20 uh, home run month. And yeah. uh, they all kind of bounced around. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it, he, he just kind of plateaued. I don't think he got hurt, but um, just kind of, kind of plateaued a little bit. And those guys just took it to another level. Sure. Um, so, and it helped that they were seeing each other, seeing some of the same pitchers, um, you know, had that a little bit more competition than Griffey was out in Seattle and just kind of doing his own thing a little bit. But, but yeah, I still remember where I was on a lot of those home runs. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, oh, without a doubt. Um, watching it where you were watching it. Um, and then, yeah, the 6-2 being broadcast live on Fox and you wonder, I mean, McGuire, of course, with his remarkable timing, of course, the last game of the homestand and was going to hit it that night. But you wonder if it had drug on much longer, would they have, you know, would every night Cardinal game been on, you know, the main station, you know, one of the four main networks? I I don't know how far they would have gone with that. It would have been very interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. It was uh... – it was unprecedented. I mean, the primetime game of the week, you know, it was, it was, it was so much fun. It was, it was, I mean, it's, um, so, you know, again, there is this idea of, of revisiting that history in light of what we know of the steroid thing. And you've said it didn't, it doesn't really bother you very much. Um, I get it. I think the same way, really, honestly, because, you live that experience and that's the experience you had. And, you know, does it put a little bit on it? Maybe. I mean, it's up to you, I guess, but for me, it, you still remember the excitement and the, and the fun that was there. Um, and like you said, I mean, you don't know who it was. I mean, there were a lot of people using steroids at that time and none sure. of them were hitting 70 home runs. Uh, a lot of them were on the pitching mound. I mean, they were, you know, Roger Clemens is one of those guys that's not in because he was using things. So I, and I don't want to justify it. I mean, it's not right. Um, sure. Bart didn't do it. And I think he's, it's somewhat, I mean, without that, if there, if he had, if he had done this clean, is he in the hall of fame? Do you think? Oh, I would absolutely. I, I would assume. I mean, that's, uh, you know, uh, what he had the, he has the highest career mark as a as a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. For, well, he and did. Then, yeah, and then yeah, I could I can't remember, but I mean, I would think so. It would be an interesting case, um, because McGuire did have a lot of those years, especially in the last of his A's career, where he, you know, with injuries and stuff like that, didn't hit very much. He hit home runs, but nothing else, right? Um, and obviously, setting the the season record didn't help Roger Maris any, um, who still hasn't gotten in. So I, but McGuire wound up with what, 583 home runs or something like that. It's, it's difficult for me to imagine that if he was clean, he wouldn't have gotten in. Yeah. Um, you know, that said, I mean, I could see the argument of he had, you know, some really big years, but he, you know, his overall body of work may have not have been, you know, the, the Dave Kingman type, right? To hit a whole lot of home runs and, and not have a lot more. I think McGuire's more than that, obviously. I mean, people don't remember that he actually won a gold glove uh, early in his career at first base. Um, and I think that he would have been had a pretty good case. But um, And I still don't know, you know, you know when... some point in time, one of those guys gets in, right? Don't you think? I mean, so, I mean it's about one of those guys. One of those guys with a steroid issue around him. Don't you think at some point in time, a veterans committee or somebody like that, one of those guys gets in and then maybe that revisits everybody else. Mm. I'm skeptical. You think so? Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the bar has been set and I think feeder feeder dug in at this point. I just, I mean, it, the ones that, that stand out to me the most are, are Clemens bonds, McGuire. Honestly, mm-hmm. of the guys that are uh, right there, and I I just don't know if it'll ever happen. I think that you have an argument that McGuire, outside of St. Louis, at St. Louis probably doesn't deserve to be in anyway. Where I think clean he is, just because some of his image was that he was just such a good guy, and that's yeah. been tainted now. 
Uh, Bonds is Bonds, and it's just not going to happen. And I feel like Clemens is on that path too. I mean, what's funny is we talk about the offensive side of things, and the numbers just stand out because home runs are the stat in baseball. But what Clemens did was absurd. Mm -hmm. And that's one that gets forgotten about (laughs) quite a bit. And I just don't feel like any of the three of them are going to be in. And it's pretty tough to say because you're going to have to explain a lot of those numbers. Yeah. And I mean, you know, obviously you have the David Ortiz who wasn't necessarily the same level because he didn't necessarily fail tests or admit to it. McGuire's the only person that's ever admitted to, you know, doing this without having to be forced into it to some degree by testimony. Um, So, I mean, he's in, but that's a different, a little bit different. And there's some question about that too. I don't know. I just, and again, I'm not saying it's going to be like in the next 10 years or so, Yeah, but you know, could, could I see a veterans committee looking at McGuire in 25 years from now and saying, look, the guy confessed to this. He, you know, he's been, you know, I don't want to say he's, you know, he's been in the game because he's been coaching and stuff like that. Um, you know, I could say they've, he's rehabilitated his image enough to, to get in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could also understand that it never happens. I mean, you, we've seen what Pete, you know, Pete Rose has never been able to, to crack that. And I think there's a lot of good reason for that too. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think that unlike McGuire, unlike Bonds, unlike, Clemens, unlike A-Rod, you know, McGuire had a fairly good reputation with, you know, as a, as a personality, put it that way. And so that, you know, being a good guy quotes um, can go a long way as well in some of this stuff. Now, again, when you get to veterans committee, you're also dealing with players and players are maybe not as forgiving of, Hey, I did it clean and you didn't. So we're not gonna let you in. So I get that for sure. Um, but I could, I could also see, you know, people saying, look, we've let this guy in and this guy in and a clean McGuire's better than that guy, you know, something like that. I I, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, I agreed. And you're going to get into the, um, I don't know, we can get in the weeds on this really quickly, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a great question that I hadn't thought of. I mean, I really, I might for my, my gut knee jerk reaction is it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder about some of the uh, some of the uh, um, ha- the the PR resuscitation of yeah. these guys over the last you know ten to twenty years. How much that's going to make a difference? Because I like on on the McGuire side, I feel like he was out up front, admitted it, good guy. You that there's probably an opening on that one, but I just don't know whether he'll get in because he's borderline or not. Bonds, I just don't think it's ever going to happen because I don't think he's ever had any kind of uh, any kind of uh, of uh, his personality is never going to let that happen. Yeah, exactly. Clemens, I feel like you're getting there a little bit. He's extremely upfront in college baseball, mm-hmm. um, and I wonder if that's going to going to uh, going to going to drag on a little bit, uh, and or not necessarily drag on if that's going to help at all. I just those are the the numbers and some of the stats that he put up are just incredible. And he was, it, I don't think if you go to court and, you know, trying to throw as much money at overcoming a lie as you can just ever helps your, uh, helps anyone's perception of you. I just wonder if, if it would have been, I screwed up. I don't know where he would be right now. Yeah. And I think it's very interesting. I don't know if you should, because there's definitely, but you know, motivation play anything into that. Oh, I, mean, yeah, or- yeah. I, I will say this. These guys are so competitive that they don't want to let anything, anybody have a one up on them. Mm-hmm. And that's, they'll do anything to win. And that's a character flaw in some of these guys that we idolize. But right. that's where, that's, that's why they are what they are. And Bonds and Clemens are two of the best ever. Mm-hmm. But they weren't going to get caught one way or the other because they wanted, they, they wanted to be at that level no matter what the cost. Yeah. And that's tough, you know, and that, that's tough to see what, what you, it's tough to see what, what's happened with this. And, you know, you made the comment about, you know, back in the home run chase, you know, there were pitchers doing it admittingly. And we know this, the level playing field was pro steroid, not anti-steroid. I hate to say, 
And that's, uh, I want to know if that's ever going to be recognized, which I highly doubt. Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably not. I mean, yeah, uh, it, it was, I mean, again, it was that era when nobody knew what anybody was doing. Um, and, you know, I think we've, feel like we've moved past that um you feel like you feel a lot more confident that things are clean now but um but i don't know i mean and again you know I, again you take it for what it's worth right you take the the public comments and you you deal with it however you want to but you know mcguire has said basically he took it for healing right because he was always having problems sure. staying on the field um and it wasn't necessarily for production i i can see that because given his health insurance issues early later in his career, like I said, those, those years in Oakland where you just couldn't stay on the field. I can see that. I'm not saying that that's right again, but I can see that. Agreed. Uh, you know, I don't know that we've heard, you know, the, what we've heard about bonds, of course, come second out is, Hey, he saw how much attention McGuire was getting and said, I can do that too. Um, you know, I'm better than this guy. Cause he was, I mean, Barry bonds was, you know, as we all know, great even before any of this stuff. Um, and he just did it because, to some degree, wanted attention. To some degree, wanted to dominate. Um, I don't know. I mean, Clemens. I don't know when you saw see him, but you know, pitchers. Some of that is healing as well. Some of that's you know probably not. Um, and I don't have any idea on Alex Rodriguez. To some degree. Yeah, I no. I well, yeah. That's a name that's easily forgotten. Where he's trying to rehabilitate but he still comes off like a horse as you know what sometimes to me <laughs> um the uh, you know what i mean and i loved a rod as a player until everything happened then you find out you know some you know reports that were validated of you know the the back alley deals i mean i can't see mark mcguire doing that you yeah. know what i mean but but you know it's the record that a rod did it you know as far as you know try to throw everybody else under the bus when he got caught so yeah. it's uh yeah agreed yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. It's always something to talk about, but it's also, you know, like I've uh, we've said before, that is a turning point, I think, in Cardinal history, because I don't think the Cardinals have the success that they had in the two thousands if they don't trade for Mark McGuire in ninety seven, and he comes on and does that without. Oh yeah, I think yeah. that you know that kind of response allowed ownership to go out and, you know, make the, some of the moves that they would have made. Um, it got them on the radar for other things. I, I mean, the, the, the level of attention that the Cardinals get on the national stage went up tremendously because of Mark McGuire. I mean, it was, I mean, you remember those or those years of the, or the last years of brewery where the Cardinals were an afterthought on anything, right? They weren't getting a free agent. They weren't, you know, making anything interesting that, you know, especially from 90 to 95, they was just, there right i mean they were you know just another team and when mcguire came along they really kind of stepped into that you know and in the new ownership but there's a lot of different things but kind of really stepped into we are one of the best you know one of the crown jewels of baseball and they kind of started to act like it yeah yeah true that's uh the uh there was some tumultuous years in the 90s and you're right i mean the uh the trade and the re-sign was just massive. And it, it, it changed the trajectory of how the ball club was looked. Yep. Um, so, all right. Well, that's got us through another hour, another week. Uh, Cardinals have uh, to finish up this set with the Reds, um, which is weird to be playing the Reds and for the Cardinals to be the spoiler, right? I mean, it's usually the other way around uh, the reds trying to ruin the Cardinal season, but the Cardinals get a chance to put a dent on the reds. Uh, then they go to Baltimore, uh, play the old Browns, uh, the, you know, as the Orioles uh, doesn't sound like they're going to get to face Jack Flaherty, which is somewhat unfortunate from a lot of different levels. Right. I mean, one, you kind of like to see the old guy, the guy, former Cardinal, but two, man, he's been so rough with the Orioles. You kind of like to, to see if they could continue. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's a sad deal. Yeah, and it's a uh, it's kind of remarkable. I mean, uh, how how that has changed. And he and and Giolito both have not done any favors to their free agent market. Sure, um, which is and that's going to be very interesting to see both those guys how they what they wind up with and where they wind up because um, you know things have been rough for them uh, yeah. since 
uh, kind of all season, but definitely since the trade. Um, and then the Cardinals have uh, the homestand with the Phillies next weekend. But we'll be with you next weekend uh, to talk about this upcoming set and whatever else we can think about. So until then, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night.